0: then we learned that same week that we weren't allowed to use any uh, file footage. So right. that we would need to, sh- anything we wanted to look like it was the new, uh, we would have to shoot all that ourselves. So we now had something to do with those extra days, That's which true. was. So should so we use them well. So there's that famous,
1: uh, well, I don't know if it's famous to the world, it's famous to us of the couple who is divorcing and they have to under court supervision, divide their beanie baby. And that's a real thing. And that's a real photo. We couldn't use the real photo. So we recreated that photo Uh, and it was things like that.
2: Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. In this episode, a frustrated toy salesman's collaboration with three women grows into the biggest toy craze in history, in directors Kristen Gore and Damien Koulash's comedy, The Beanie Bubble. The film tells the story behind the beanie baby toy obsession that took off in the 1990s, centered on manufacturer-turned-billionaire Ty Warner and the women who were integral to his success. The Beanie Bubble is Gort and Kulash's feature directorial debut. Following a screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Gort and Kulash spoke with directors Valerie Ferris and Jonathan Dayton about filming The Beanie Bubble. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation.
3: Thank you all for coming. We're going to jump right in because there's... A lot to talk about. But i we just have to say um, we love this movie so much. And um, it was very fun seeing it the first time and just giving ourselves to it and just enjoying it and all its richness. And then when we watched again, it was equally fun to just get into the mechanics of it and just all the layers all the and work. all the work, yeah, I mean, which I'm sure you guys all felt it's fun to be in a room of filmmakers who know how the sausage is made. Um, so let's <laughs> we're going dive to dive in. in. Okay.
4: okay. Um, well, we don't actually know the story of how this film came to you, or how what what is sort of the origin of this film. Where did it start? Um, it all started with a book that came out in 2015,
1: and I was saying that we had not been interested in, in Beanie Babies, but when this book, this book was sent to me initially just to write, uh, to, and I was quickly very captivated by all of the stories within it mainly and shared it immediately with Damien because we had been looking for something that we wanted to direct as a future together. And, um, the story behind the bubble is obviously absurd and surreal that little $5 beanbag animals would be treated like gold for three years. I mean, that's crazy. And the fact that it was in the, you know, because of the rise of the internet and the advent of eBay and all of that, all the, all of these seeds of now that were being planted back then, that part was fascinating to us as well, but it was really these women's stories that became irresistible to us that we pulled out um From the book and became the organizing principle of the film for us, because we really were so interested in uh the female relationship to the American dream and that sort of cyclical marginalization that, that these stories kind of speak to so so strongly and it, to us it, they were so interesting, and we really wanted to feature it so um so it from twenty fifteen till twenty twenty two there was a lot of
4: <laughs> development hijinks. Wow. So, were, were you talking about it for all that time? Really, from for that. By years. the way,
0: was great direction. Yeah, the
4: louder, yeah, louder, yeah. Louder, yeah. louder. That's ah.
0: shorter, shorter answers, louder.
4: <laughs> That's our job, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Take oh, two. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> do it again. Yeah. I feel um, like that was personal. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead.
0: No,
3: no. Uh, I don't remember the question. Well, I'm curious and she so you knew when did you know this was the project for you two to do together
0: that took a little while we um kristen and i went to high school together um and then didn't see each other for 18 years we weren't romantic in high school we weren't even particularly close we were mutually fond of one another but not um We're never romantic and saw each other 18 years later at a storytelling conference in um, Staten on Staten Island, where all great love stories start. And um, and we once uh, we were friends for about a year before it became romantic. And um, and once our relationship, our romantic relationship had begun, we were Thinking about life in general and realizing that most of the people we know who are at the tops of our, our fields, I work as a musician and a director and, and Kristen works as writer and a director that in all of those combinations, most of the people who are doing really well are really unhappy and and (laughs) that most of the people we knew who we most admired um, were Miserable and and <laughs> or at least seemed it from the outside and really competitive and really lonely and really um,
1: not everyone we love lots of people we we we, work with. <laughs> well, th-
0: we, we still love the people but yeah. it just didn't look like a life we'd want to have necessarily like even for a, a film aside as a as a touring musician for twenty years it's the coolest thing to do when you're twenty two and definitely not the coolest thing to do uh-huh. when you're fifty two and um and th- it's just not a life that you particularly want to have and we love our work so much and we can't turn off that part of ourselves that wants to make, 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 make things all the time. That at least if we were, if we were going to have a a bubble of hell, we might as well get into it together. <laughs> and so we knew we wanted to make something together in this world. And I don't think it was, we talked a lot about the script and about the story for a long time when it was just a script that Kristen was working on. Um, and it was about halfway through that process that it was sort of like, if we thought of this in st- in, a, in a different way, it might actually be a thing that we'd want to make together directorially. And so, and at that point it went, Kristen already had a, a linear script for it, and we kind of pulled it apart and and we're like, instead of it being a, about the the craze or about the man or about the money, let's... I mean, it was always told from the women's perspective, but it became much more their story when it was like, now what we're doing is going on their emotional ride, all three of them at the same time. Um, and so we, that's when I kind of got on board and we remade the whole
4: thing. That's... I mean, I think that's one of the things we thought was so successful in this movie was the way that the rise... That, that you... Are going with all three of them on this journey with him at the same time. And, uh, so you're sort of, you're, you're, you're going with him. You, he's the charming guy he's sort of winning you over and just the way that builds and then falls apart for all three of them. I just, I thought that, um, that structure worked so well. And, um, we're, we were curious if it was, if it was in the script then at that when you, over the years, you, when you rejiggered it, it was in. That's how you. It was baked you, in when you
1: the non-linear chronology we did together uh, halfway through the process. That's when to,
0: to focus on that. Basically. To focus right. on and that.
3: Yeah. Before that, it was a guy who kept screwing people over. It was
1: still the like three this, women's story, like, yes. right? Yeah. But
3: it was here you go again. But it was instead more, of rising exactly. together, and yeah, no, it works. So it's such an interesting structure, and I think you pulled it off. It's so. How did you? Uh, get it made i mean who
4: did you have to pitch it around and we did see a pitch deck that you did that was really beautiful and you were a big inspiration for yeah Yeah. no but how did you take that around and how did that all work we
1: did we had we had already sold it um imagine was on board we had pitched it to zach galifianakis early before we sold it anywhere because we thought of him immediately when we read the book um, and felt that he would be the perfect Ty Warner. Uh, and luckily he agreed to give it a try. And um, and so that helped us get it sold. <laughs> and uh, it was at Amazon actually initially, and we had to pitch ourselves as directors to them. And so that's when we did the deck and, all, you know, and said, and, in addition to writing this, we also would really like to direct it. And this is, and there was never, no,
0: but there wasn't a hard yes either. It was, they were just like, that's a very interesting take. Why don't you explain that to us? And we're like, we totally just did explain that to you. And then, (laughs) and, and they'll put it, can you put it into documents? It'd be a big document. And it's like, so we just went through a lot of phases of that. And I think they really believed in it, but also just weren't over the line yet all the way. And, um,
3: and that's, imagine
1: made their first look deal with Apple in 2021. And that's when we just funneled over there from Amazon. Was, was, so. was there
3: something that pushed people over the edge? Anything like, I, I, mean, they, I will say, I heard one thing from you that I thought was really interesting. This whole, you know, comparing it to nine to five.
4: Oh, right. <laughs>
3: you know, but just, it is was there later, that right? Was, that,
4: or, or was that part of the, pitch? it just, you I
3: know, can, or did was it, it was just it's a hard for us face. to know because yeah. this is yeah. kind of
0: done above our heads in the sense right. that like I don't think we could have walked into Apple ourselves and been like we got a movie for you you know mm-hmm. like it definitely um, coming from Brian Grazer is a much more serious thing Ron Howard um, I I would say par- I, I, the only thing I don't know I hope I'm not speaking out of school or class or turn or whatever you're supposed to not speak out of. I, the, the, I think when people had doubts about about the two of us doing it. The answer was basically, I don't think anyone else could do it because their brains are so different. And we really do think we agree on almost everything in terms of output and and get there from opposite directions, um, uh, almost always. And so a thing like this is very character driven and very narrative, but also very um, fractured and and sort of done in a very kind of clinical puzzle type of way kind of takes those two types of brains.
4: Which yeah, I I would love to hear about the prep because I mean I know I don't know how many of you are familiar with Damien's work in with this band. Just okay, raise your
3: hand. Have you seen the OK Go videos? Okay, okay you guys. Wow, really have to. We go. we were with people <laughs> last night and we were talking about you both, and they knew the band but they weren't familiar with the videos. And the videos tomorrow, look up OK Go. The videos are just unbelievable. And they're,
2: having they're seen this movie
3: and seeing and seeing all the way all the challenges all the crazy things he figures out they figure out together it's well
4: i thought i think it's so interesting this merging of your two sensibilities what you bring in the writing and the storytelling and and visually and i'm sure you know you you both informed each other and and what in both those things and in all aspects of the movie but i really felt like this is such an interesting merging of these two brains and, and, and sensibilities and, and it really, but it felt so cohesive to me. It didn't feel, it felt so sure-handed and, um, but I really felt both of your, especially today when I watched it too, I thought I really could hear your voice in it. But, um, so I was curious, we were curious, what was it like, like your first day on the set? Was it, had you done anything else together before? Yes. Oh, okay. Shorter form things. Oh, so yeah. I okay. had, um, and also, Parenting is really yeah. good. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's what I always say. <laughs> we,
3: are, as two married couples who direct together, we both have sets of twins. So.
4: Ours. We're basically
3: just trying to be them.
4: Yeah. <laughs> the improved no, think, version. Uh, yeah, they are definitely 2.0 or maybe 4.0. I am. <laughs> nope. But, um, um, yeah. Yeah.
3: so, so, um, so you had, you've been around the block together,
4: but, um. But so, so. I Let's would I about think prep. The prep would it would be fun to hear about because I did hear about a color spreadsheet and and I know in the videos anyway how much rehearsal and and incredible prep that goes into those. And just and
3: figuring out something that seems impossible mm-hmm. and then you
4: you pulled you, it, off. You pull so it off. So did you have how much prep time and how you know kind of what was your. Not enough. Yeah, Yeah, I think it was eight (laughs) weeks. That
3: never happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We wanted it to be 12, and I think it was eight. Does that sound right? Uh
1: Um, And it was... um, But, I mean, it it was great. We had a great... There were things that fell apart during prep. Like, we had to... Separate from what we were doing. It was, um, like, the line producer had to be switched out, like, two weeks before we shot. (sighs) And so there were things that really challenging um, but the creatively fulfilling parts of it were great in terms of figuring out um, this spreadsheet that we mentioned that um, was the color scheme for the movie with each woman being assigned a primary color and they have their individual journeys over the course and that what uh, Damien's brain uh, thinks in spreadsheets and so I have learn to understand that way of thinking, I think, in, in Word documents and other visual ways, but not spreadsheets. And so we um, had to join forces to figure out how to communicate this to our production designer, our cinematographer, um, our costume designer.
0: Not a lot of people on a film set want to see a spreadsheet, it turns it's out. true.
1: It's not no. a
3: popular thing. <laughs>
0: but they were...
3: Happy that
0: you had a vision
3: that they could
0: uh, Yeah, we were very lucky to have a great crew who right. who um the especially the the department heads um knew from our first meetings that it was like we have this plan that's not particularly normal, like that's not how people always make films. And that was part of the attraction to them, I think. Um it is, there's still the like filmmaking is very, very Compartmentalized much more than I think I. It, my previous experiences d- directing films and commercials and and the shorter stuff we had done together, all that compartmentalization had so much more gray and kind of mush in it because the smaller the crew is, the more everyone's doing everything, and there's a lot more room for creativity and spontaneity and that kind of stuff as you're all up and down the chain. And so um, even when our crew was being very, very collaborative with us, they weren't always being collaborative with each other. Um, it, it, not on purpose, but just because...
1: The silos. Yeah. It right. Ha-
0: it, it happens. We, so. And they're all... And and that, you know, you, they're they're going to work with the same... That production designer, for say, um, is going to work with the same sort of um, pyramid of people yeah. below her for... The next year on three different projects. So it's much that those relationships are much more important than whatever the relationship is with the costume designer or the DP or whatever. And so everybody was very on board with thinking differently about how we will structure this and how we'll think about it. But once you get to the work of doing those individual things, people kind of get back into their old ways, um, which wasn't, a, which just is, is a, a challenge in terms of being like, so what color is the couch? And, <laughs> and, and we would say like, well, what color is the dress? And I, she would say, I don't know. I'm not doing that. You know? Right. And, and you're wow. like, okay, well now we're going to have to go back to the spreadsheet and look at what colors right. are allowable in the <laughs> right. scene. The sp- and then they'd say,
4: what so spreadsheet? the spreadsheet was sort of like this guide to, We yeah. had a
1: big yeah. printout of it, you know, floor to ceiling in the production office. Was with it in the order scene. of the script?
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: what I like about a spreadsheet is you can order it in the order of the script or not. Like there's a version of it that has each person's where you go like, this is Maya's story and this is Sheila's story. And that, that, that's the only way I knew to think about it. If you, if you want to take these three stories, which are all really similar, but, but in real life, different enough that you would never mistake, like, and get them into the same form that it's like, there's this, there's this moment of recognition that this, that this accidental a uh, moment in your life has actually offered you something really interesting. And then there's this doubling down where you like, you have to go past the point of no return. And then there's this realization that it's gotten too, you've gone too far. And then this realization that you've been fucked by this. And then you have to find out the way out. Like all of those things had to line up with each other. So you had to right. find that within the, each story and then line them up, line, you know? And right, I, I just right. don't know how to do that in a word document. Right. You know? <laughs>
4: God. Well, and and cast, I mean I I thought the cast was incredible and I, I particularly I had never seen we had never seen Geraldine before but she's amazing. She's, amazing, she's, she's amazing. Just so incredible. great in this and we were curious if you did you guys rehearse? Did you want to rehearse? Did you get we time? We did. And what what kind of rehearsal did you do with people?
1: Well, it was somewhat limited by the COVID circumstances and a lot it had to be over Zoom um and that was challenging but um but we did a lot of just sort of because because of the way the script is structured that we would have you know a couple days with Zach and Geraldine and and days with Zach and Elizabeth and days with Zach and 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 go through things and then um and then a couple weeks later we were able to be in person and we would build on that for a few days and then even in production, we did rehearsals on the weekends um, for oh, the wow. first couple weeks for some scenes. Like that, the very first scene Zach did was um in the Thai Inc. office when he does it's a one-shot where he comes in and the reps from Walmart are banging on the door yes. and he's in his sort of manic mode going through. And and that took um, a fair amount of rehearsal for you know 3 hours on the saturday before we shot it and it was this very first scene and so and he did it uh really well we have a bunch of those one takes that we could have used you know and then and then obviously we had the option to to do it with coverage but we just liked it in the one oh, and yeah. um and it was great to have a cast that was game for doing that work yeah mm. and and we were excited by it you know um that was really gratifying and fun for us it became harder as the shoot went on because various things went wrong and everyone was pressed for time. And, you know, we had one day where one of our actors got COVID one got shingles on the face and then uh, Apple had to pull back on a location that we'd been building on for a month. And so it was like, oh, what are we going to do <laughs> for well, the next couple of weeks? So things like that.
0: But then we learned that same week that we weren't allowed to use any, um, any uh, file footage. So, that we would need to anything we wanted to look like it was the new, uh, we would have to shoot all that ourselves. So, we now had something to do with those extra days, which was so should we use them? So, there's there's that famous,
1: uh, well, I don't know if it's famous to the world, it's famous to us of the couple who is divorcing and they have to under court supervision divide their beanie baby. And that's a real thing, and that's a real photo. We couldn't use the real photo, so we recreated that photo, Uh, (laughs) and it was things like that.
3: So, were you able to were any actual beanie babies used in this movie? No. No.
4: That okay. None so were harmed it. or used. You told yes. us a little bit about this, but we were I think it's amazing that you created all of those. Yep. And each each actual I mean, you had to make how many? So There's ten thousand
0: seven hundred Beanie oh. Babies, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, and <laughs> and like roughly a hundred and twenty designs. Yeah. And wow. w- so there was a full time toy designer on staff, and he was amazing. His name yeah. is Greg, and um, wonderful. And he would get note like we would give creative notes once maybe, and th- other people in other professions would give a lot of notes. Um, That we're probably not supposed to talk to. Yeah, more legal. I mean, you said it, not me. Yeah, I
3: I was just (laughs) guessing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And it was, there was a very good side to having total creative control over that, but it was also, uh, you know, they, what's the right way to say this? There's, (laughs) you wouldn't want to make the movie air using real Air Jordans because then you would need to get permission on every scene. Right. um, And you would never be able to say anything you wanted to. So... We didn't want to get permission from anyone to use Ty's stuff. And the lawyers were very careful about what that line of permission would be.
4: But you could use his logo, right? Or it's it's, not, it's exactly, not his logo. but changed.
0: It's changed. Slightly.
4: Slightly there's enough.
0: a there's like a test. There's a legal test. to right. pass yeah. the such and such
3: test. And wow. I don't um, know what... Have you heard from Ty?
1: Not personally, yeah. um, although he did release a statement that he uh, –
3: is thrilled by the well, film.
1: he said that he really appreciated
4: the creative spirit of the film. I, I, look, oh,
3: I, I think all things considered, you know.
4: I mean, Zach Galifianakis play. I mean, I, it's not uh, the most
0: flattering portrayal, and so <laughs> and so it, the fact that he was cool about that and was like, "They didn't get all the facts right, but we love the spirit." Like, I'll take that. Okay, yeah, yeah.
4: that's that's great. I mean, I did think Zach was so it was. I, it's one of my favorite performances I've seen from him. I just thought he was so uh just so embodied the character. Mm. I, I never felt because he can be obviously so funny, but I never felt that part of him um, and He gives such
3: a layered performance.: Yeah,
4: and I'm sure he loved doing that, but was was there any discussion at any time of where what you, where he was playing?: Zach
0: yeah believes he's not an actor.:
1: Yeah, he's very firm on that. He like, I, I, you guys can cast me, but it's a big mistake. <laughs>
0: he's like, I'm a comic who has wound up in some yeah. famous films. And I'm, right. uh, but like, from our perspective, the reason why he was the immediate person to think of for this is because most of, most of our favorite parts of his comedy are that he's, no matter how much of an asshole he's being, you love him. Like right. he, he's so, and in, in real life, he's just such a wonderful, wonderful human being, and yeah. so warm and so compassionate and so down to earth and so everything that you could ever want a human to be. That it comes through that he basically can sit in a situation like this and completely insult somebody, and you still love him. You right. know, and also and,
1: you see in his character. Sorry, no, yeah, go ahead. You see in his char- in in um in baskets, you can see okay. he has. This capacity for pathos that, you know, he doesn't get to go into a lot and because he's such a comedic genius, so he doesn't often get to show that. But you can you see glimmers of it in his other work. And that's we really wanted him to go deeper into that. And he responded to the character of Ty being a, a fundamentally kind of broken person you know that that's where this behavior comes from and 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 that and he had sympathy for that i mean he had empathy mm. which you have to for that character and he blame. was
0: um he kept us honest on that i mean mm. we tried to keep ourselves honest on that too but it's it that Um, the move, the tone of the movie is like, we wanted it to be really joyful and really absurdist, but also really grounded. And so there's a lot of stuff in the script that's like funny and he could play it either way kind of. And he would, he would be like, why would I say that? Like what, Mm. where exactly is that coming from? Like he was very, he needed it to be very, really
1: connected to the character, which was great.
4: Well, that, the scene where he says I can't do this and um mm. you know I can't be a parent. I yeah. Can, so was that was there truth in that? There are
1: interviews it, with um a woman in the book who tells that story,
4: a quote. Yeah. Those are quotes from those are direct her quotes. account of quotes from him. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. That is I mean that's a pretty interesting moment and um and 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 the the whole movie kind of turns at that point, right? right. That's where um yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's such a I, I think all the character studies are, are great. I mean, I, I love um, the Elizabeth Banks character. is just incredible. And I know, you, I think it's interesting that that end scene we heard from you earlier that that actually happened. But do you want to talk about that scene where uh, Sheila goes up and finds him? Oh yeah, the intercut scene. The, the yes. intercut
1: scene. The big
3: the, intersection. Yeah,
4: the, the collision.
1: That's what was so exciting to us about the the Uh, decision to structure the film in this sort of, you know, different nonlinear way was those, those two events actually happened. The two hotel room events where, um, when Robbie broke up with Ty, he did follow her to Mexico and bang on her door and find her, you know, with who she'd run off to Mexico with and beg her to come back. And like all of that, you know, is, is documented. (laughs) And then 10 years or A few years later, he then um, was in a hotel room in Chicago with Robbie when he was fully engaged to Sheila and she found them in that hotel room and she punched him. And so lining those up to um, coincide in the way that they did with that kind of crescendo to really, really... For us, Hammer Home, the emotional resonance of this pattern that happens, you know, that he does, his treatment, um, was really exciting. And that was, I mean, it was the fact that both of those things actually happened in real life with the same person was as exciting to us as that scene that you you see at the beginning that you don't realize until the end where... One, Maya is walking into Ty right. for the first right. time and is getting drawn into his world just as Robbie is walking out for the last time being his co- you know runner of the company.
0: which is like the what was important to us about that is that he's not a, he's, it's not like Rashomon where he there, it's a different angle of it. Yeah. It's like exactly the same scene. It's just yeah. that one woman can see him as a big opportunity and the other one seeing him as a big letdown. Exact same guy, exact same way. And that um, I hope this isn't too big a stretch because this is like kind of uh, if I go off go the rails here, just shut me up. But that <laughs> the, like what we loved about the, it, we didn't care about Beanie Babies, particularly as Kristen said, we didn't, it, it's crazy that this thing happened, but that's just sort of a weird piece of trivia about how weird America is. It's like, it's just weird that this could happen. And then you peel back the thing and see that the weird under it is actually all it's it, it's it um it's like v- these are the the end points of the normal like these this is the logical end point of every normal weird we have all the time that like mm. that tech utopianism of this t- of this kind and um unequal gender relationships in the workplace of this kind, that, uh, that, um, the celebration of, of, of narcissism that, that, or, or you know, that capitalism. So rewards narcissists in this particular way that all of these different things that like the, the who and what we value, um, the sort of arbitrariness of that, like it, if you take it to its logical conclusion, you get beanie babies. Like it's not, that it's not crazy. It's like, that's just when you really put this stuff all together, you just, it it adds up to this is crazy.
4: (laughs) Well, I, I, we loved, we heard you guys talk about, you know, one of the things that you look for in what you want to make and as well as what you watch or what you consume is something that has joy and meaning. And, um, I, I, I think, we just really relate to that in that sense that if you're going to spend seven years of your life, you know, you, you want it to have all of that or that it's illuminating something as well as telling an entertaining, really fun story. And I, I think you guys really did that. And, um, I, I would, I mean, it's, it's really fun to watch it when mean, you put so much work into it. And it's really fun to see things more than once. You know, I think luckily it is available twenty four anytime and, Apple. At yep. daytime, and it, but um i, I just we really appreciate the joy and meaning that concept because i feel like so much is maybe it's fun but you leave and you don't um you aren't really left with a whole lot um and i i think this one definitely um as fun as it is it's just it there's a darkness to it cool.
3: but but also and, i think you did get the joy and you know it's a very entertaining moving human story so Thank you guys very much. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for doing this. Thank you 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 all for coming tonight. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America.